Bjorn Nitmo. A man born to play football, or Bjorn to play football, as it <laughs> Bjorn is all right. It's the Nitmo I have yeah. the problem with. Bjorn Nitmo balls down at the 36. The kick is in the air, and it's good. He quit coming home. He was working in construction out of town and basically quit coming home. Mary Lois had said, if you do get him on the phone, find out where he is. We don't know where he is. His kids don't know where he is. He left. We don't know when he's coming back. We haven't gotten any communication. It's sad, because that's your parent that's supposed to be there. When we started our story, the original intent was, can we find Bjorn? Welcome to SC Featured, I'm Jen Latta. Blonde hair, blue eyes, a charming smile, and a powerful left foot, the Swedish teenage soccer player came to Enterprise, Alabama, just about 90 miles south of Montgomery, searching for adventure. He found himself caught in the ride of a lifetime. His kicking skills caught the eye of the high school football coach. He didn't really understand the rules of the game, but he made the team, first JV, then varsity, and then four successful years at Appalachian State as the place kicker, where he met and fell in love with Mary Lois. I was looking through the football program, and I was flipping through the pages, and I came across one picture. That's Mary Lois Nitmo talking about how she met Bjorn. And I said, Daddy, I want him. And Daddy said, no. <laughs> I said, but yes. <laughs> And I won. Her dad was the athletic director at Appalachian State University. He had a rule his daughter could not date any of the school's athletes. Mary Lois was a senior in high school at the time. My dad's secretary, Sue, had gotten to be very close with Bjorn. And I kind of started hanging out at the field house where daddy's office was. And Bjorn sort of started hanging out more. And so she, you know, introduced us. He was cute. Plain and simple, that was it. He was cute. When we decided to get married, uh, my dad was like, well, we need to get this done before Bjorn goes to play football to the NFL. We were still in the football season, and if we made it to the playoffs, we went this far, and then the championship, and then it was Christmas, and then January is the combines, so New Year's Eve. In 1989, he was signed as a free agent with the New York Giants. When the Giants starting kicker Raul Alegre suffered an injury to his right thigh, Bjorn played in the final six games. He converted nine of 12 field goal attempts to help the Giants win their division and reach the playoffs. Ask me who my favorite NFL star is. Who is your favorite NFL star? Bjorn Nitmo. <laughs> who do you think you are, Bjorn Nitmo? I mean, that's what David Letterman would just start saying. Like, he would, during a show, he would just all of a sudden just say that. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, our next catchphrase is being delivered by a very special celebrity guest. Please say hello to Bjorn Nitmo. Bjorn? Bjorn Nitmo. Catchphrase number four. Who do you think you are? Bjorn Nitmo? There you go. For the young couple, Bjorn, born and raised in Sweden, and Mary Lois, a southern girl, 
It was complete elation to be riding on limousines throughout Manhattan, visiting the Letterman Show, and kicking for the contending giants. It was close to being on top of the world. He had a lot of pressure on him, you know, and, but it was, I mean, he enjoyed it. He liked that excitement and so forth. The excitement was short-lived. After six games with the Giants, Bjorn Nitmo lost his job once Allegra came back from injury. Throughout the next decade, he bounced around teams looking for a permanent gig. It was hard. I mean, one year he had a bad camp. Another year he injured his knee. So, you know, just circumstances. It was a lot of moving, a lot of disappointments. I mean, he played in the CFL and then the arena. You know, he was successful there, but he was, you know, he wanted to play in the NFL. In 1997, Bjorn was offered an audition with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a huge break for him and his family, which now included two daughters, three-year-old Katarina and one-year-old Madeline. He had a very good camp, a very good camp. I mean, he, again, we thought he would have the job. Nitmo was competing for the job with incumbent kicker Michael Houston when the Bucks traveled to Atlanta for a preseason game against the Falcons. Normally, I would, I would get the opening kickoff if we had it. Uh, being the incumbent, I would kind of maybe get the first kickoff and, and maybe first field goal, and then after that, we would kind of alternate. And so I was kind of getting ready to kick off, and our special teams coach, Joe Marciano, came up to me and said, hey, we're going to let Bjorn take the opening kickoff. And at that moment, I was like, hmm. Bjorn Nitmo to kick off, and we're underway the second preseason game for both Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Bjorn hit about maybe one yard deep or two yards deep. To the 25, to the 43-yard line. Bjorn tried to make a tackle, kind of got spun around. As he was falling down, there was a big lineman. His knee came up, and that's where the contact happened. He obviously took one heck of a whack. It's a tough position to be in one-on-one when you're a kicker with the NFL quality return. Bjorn was on the ground, and the trainers had to go out and, and help him out. That's when I lost him. He took one heck of a whack going down on coverage. In fact, he was one of the bucks that helped prevent the touchdown run. It's a tough position to be in one-on-one when you're a kicker with the NFL quality return. Bjorn Nitmo was the only Bucks player between Atlanta kick returner Byron Hansford and the end zone. The force of their collision spun Nitmo around, and as he fell, a Falcons offensive lineman, Calvin Collins, inadvertently kneed Nitmo in the head. He suffered a concussion. I went on to hit four field goals that game, and uh, he asked if he had kicked any of those field goals. And I kept telling him, no, you, you have a concussion, you're, you're not going in the game anymore. And then he would kind of like walk away and then come back to me, and, and he asked the same things over again a couple of minutes later. I went into our doctor and said, you need to check Bjorn again. I said, he's pretty bad. He's like, you know, we know he's got a concussion. We've checked him. He'll be fine. 
Bjorn might have been a late bloomer in terms of football, but he quickly embraced the violent nature of the game. He never shied away from contact, seeking it out, actually, going for tackles whenever possible. But this time, he paid dearly for that bravado. Mary Lois was back at their home in Fort Lauderdale with her father and two daughters. She wasn't able to watch the game on TV and had no idea what had happened to Bjorn until much later that day. I actually found out by watching Sports Center that night. Um, my dad was there, and we stayed up to see how he did. And on Sports Center, it showed that Husted had done all the kicking, that he had made the field goals. And I knew Bjorn was supposed to do that was his game. And I immediately turned to Daddy, and I said, he's been hurt. And Dad goes, no, he's, he, it's OK. He got traded. And I said, no, he's been hurt. And then they called me later that night. And he had been hurt. She finally talked to Bjorn on the phone at 2 o'clock in the morning. He said his head hurt. Um, he didn't really know what had happened. He just said that he had been hit and that he had a concussion. Uh, he kept asking me if I was OK. And I said, yes, I'm OK. And he said, How are, how's the baby? I said, well, the baby's fine, you know. And, but he kept asking me several times, how's the baby? And so I finally said, who are you re talking about? Who's, you know, the baby? And he's like, well, Kata, of course. That's what we called her, Kata. And I said, well, Bjorn, we have two. I said, Mada's the baby now. And he didn't know who she was. He just remembered, he thought Kat was the baby. I was scared to death. Why couldn't he remember he had two daughters? I was very scared and I kept, I said, are you okay? And he said, yes, I'll be okay. He's like, I, my, I got my bell rung, because that's what we used to call it. Bjorn kicked again for the Bucks during their next preseason game less than a week later. He was waived after that. Soon, his behavior grew increasingly erratic. In the decade that followed, the Nitmos bounced around from Florida to Louisiana and eventually settled in Arizona. They had two more children, Annika in 2001 and Karsten, the only boy, in 2004. His oldest daughter, Katarina, remembers Bjorn, the soccer coach, the soccer dad. I remember doing um, gymnastics, and I was on the soccer team when I was in elementary school. He was actually my soccer coach. He would push us to do our best. But, like, at the end of the soccer games, he would get very, I guess, pissy with the referees calling a bad call or um, saying that wasn't right. But he would always try to encourage us to do our best. Those soccer games also provided a glimpse to the other side of Bjorn that was slowly taking over. With soccer, he would yell and scream, and it got to the point where I would, every time before we'd go to a practice or a game, I'd say, please stay calm, please don't embarrass us, it embarrasses Cat, please, you know, try to keep control, and I, okay, I will, you know, and then he'd go out there and just yell and scream and embarrass us. He would get very agitated very quickly, just 
just kind of a different person. The breaking point for the Nitmos came eight years after that fateful hit Bjorn suffered on the football field. Nitmo finally gave up on football in 2005 and started working on a construction crew that built schools on a Native American reservation. He was on a job in Flagstaff, Arizona, and then, one day, he quit coming home. He was working in construction out of town, and he just, I mean, he basically quit coming home. Madeline, the second oldest of the four children, was eight years old at the time Bjorn stopped coming home. She would sit outside her mother's bedroom door and listen to the conversations she would have on the phone. That's when I realized that, like, something was going on because he wouldn't come home. And when he did come home, he'd be very angry or very paranoid. And he would just leave without anything. And he started lying to us a lot. He would just say that he was somewhere when he was actually somewhere else. And um, at one point, he was he said that he was working in uh, Flagstaff or whatever when he really wasn't. We had found out that he had gone somewhere, that he was in a completely different state. And so we just didn't know what was happening. He had just completely gone off the deep end. Mary Lois filed for divorce and moved the four children to Texas. By 2016, Bjorn Nitmo was just a trivia answer. One that, unless you're old enough to have lived through the late 80s, you probably wouldn't get. But that's it. That's what a six-game NFL career does to you. That summer, while researching an unrelated story, Buffalo News reporter Tim Graham wanted to contact Bjorn, but there was one problem. The problem being is that nobody could find Bjorn Nitmo, and somebody with the name Bjorn Nitmo and his unique story, I thought he should be pretty easy to find. So it haunted me that this story was just out there, and it just stayed with me as a story that I thought needed to be told. Tim did tell that story. In September of 2016, he published a beautifully written piece on the life and family Bjorn had left behind. That's how ESPN Features producer Danny Arruda came across the story. When I first read Tim's story, the thing that stood out to me was, can we find this guy? Tim obviously wasn't able to reach him. I thought if we can find him and we can tell his side of the story and we can show viewers what he's going through, because we know what Mary Lois and the kids are going through. We know the pain they're dealing with. But Bjorn must be dealing with his own issues. So I thought if we can find him, and tell his side of the story and kind of complete the circle, then we'd have a real story to tell. On the next episode of SC Featured. Hello? Hello, Bjorn. Yes. Hi, Dan Rubicon from ESPN. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Remember to subscribe to the SC Featured podcast in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Until next time, I'm Jen Latta. Thanks for listening.